Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I am Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? I'm good. Producer, you were a little slow today on the on the <clears throat> four, three, two, one. Yeah, Go. yeah, yeah. The old uh the old Wayne Wayne's World uh countdown. I always yeah. think of it that way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Five, four. You didn't say two or one. <laughs> two or one. <laughs> uh, classic. So good. So good. What a great show. What a great movie. Um, speaking of great movies, uh, have you have you seen the new Barbie movie yet? The new Barbie movie, I have not. No? Are you going? I've seen the new Little Mermaid, but I've not seen the new. Uh, um, the kids saw the Little Mermaid, but I have not. I saw the Little Mermaid. It was Was nice. it good? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The girl on that is one. The Little Mermaid is sisters. She's got a sister, and they're in a little singing group uh, right? signed by Beyonce. Uh, and they were on Wildin' Out one time. Is that they, right? they were really good. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. They, she probably knows the 85 South Boys then. Oh, she 100% knows the 85 South Boys. She was on there with them. Nice. Yep. D- does she have one of Nick Cannon's kids or anything like that? No, 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 no. I feel no, like no, if you're no. on the show, you're automatically, there's a good chance you're going to have one of You know, I don't know that any, I don't know that he's got kids with any Wild and Out girls. That's smart because yeah, then you got to see him all the don't time. Don't mix right? business with pleasure. That's you know right. what I mean? Don't mix business with pleasure. Do do where you eat or whatever. That's right. Thing is. That's right. I, so that one, that, we just heard that today. No. I heard that today. I was watching. So I was watching the uh, American Gladiators uh, documentary that's on Netflix now. Oh, I watched it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and that was one of the things that the, the director yeah. said, you know, you don't do do where you eat. And I was like, how does that sound like, like have relations with someone that you work with? I would never call that dropping a deuce where you eat. But that's I. That's how the saying is used most often. I feel like I feel a hundred percent. You're yeah. definitely right. You ever uh, dated someone that you worked with? Have I ever dated someone that I worked with? Or someone you saw all no. the time, like not in a... Nope. Nope. Never did. Never did. Never did. Made that mistake a few times when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, yep. I remember one. Uh, Adam, we got a big podcast today, bud. We've got the largest, the the, the Mount Rushmore of, the tall, of tall wrestler, big giants of giants in wrestling. That's, did we decide... Words be used a lot. Did we decide how we were doing it? Like you had, was it six ten or bigger, or was it just someone down, who is a giant? I wrote down like, six Yoko nine. Zuno. Okay, six I nine is what we did. I think we said six. I nine. thought it was six nine or six ten. So six nine or bigger, because I think we looked up Scott Hall and he was like six seven, mm-hmm. and Kevin Nash was like six ten, and we said let's go six nine. That's right. I feel like that's where we went because because yeah. Scott Hall. I mean, you know, I almost said Steve Nash. <laughs> oh, yes. caught myself did you see that caught That's myself good in progression well buddy yeah um so scott hall uh was a huge dude he was tall but he wasn't a giant right when he stood next to kevin nash, kevin nash i'll let you do it because i may have already said it once and not even know it I didn't uh i was surprised to see that braun Strowman is only six eight i thought he was for sure big enough to be a giant because that dude right now is a monster mm-hmm. monster it's funny because some of the other guys that you think of as huge guys aren't on that list because they don't hit the six nine yep. mark um but you know I, if you if you decide you want to throw a because I, I think i mentioned guys like yoko zone yoko zuna and yep. stuff like that yep. earthquake, they were earthquake. And- yeah they were huge guys and maybe they were typhoon six four six six something like that yeah. didn't hit the mark yeah. not on the list adrian adonis 
He was what six four, probably something like that. Oh yeah, you yeah. remember him? Uh yes, yeah. He was one of my. He's uh, so he's one of the. Uh, he's on the newest season of Dark Side of the Ring. Is that right? Yeah, the Adrian Adonis story. Watching that, I keep. Bro, telling it's season like four, and I'm. I like it's every Tuesday night, and I'm hooked. Hooked, hooked. I've I've got a. What is it on again? It's a, it's on something. I don't. It's on. No, it's uh, on A and E, right? No, 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 no. no. It's on Vice. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's on I gotta Vice. Check and see if I have Vice. I don't think yeah. I do. But I got to do that. There you I go. got to find the old ones and catch up. So we also got some Reds. We've got the All Star game the other night. Um, the NBA draft, the NBA draft went down, uh, a while ago, I guess before, but they just started the summer league and the number one draft pick Victor. I'm going to give this a go. Wembanyama. That's perfect. I feel like that was really good. I always try to put an N for that last M and go Victor Wembenyana, but it's Wembenyama. I feel like it's easy to do. You yeah. want to throw an extra N on the I have to. There. I have to concentrate on that Wembenyama. Mm-hmm. The Yam. Yeah. Yama. Put it in Yam, two words. Yama. I'm going to start calling him Yamaha. Yamaha. Nobody knows what they just call him Wemby. I don't like Wemby. Yeah. It sounds like Gumby. Think of him as. Although uh, he is stretch. So if he can play the keyboard and ride a, a crotch rocket. Absolutely. That Yamaha definitely fits. Yes. Yes. You're exactly right. Yes, you're you're exactly right. <laughs> uh, who used to do that? You know, that was a comedian, sound, right? Is that a comedian that I did the like sound of motorcycles? Yeah. What they sounded like is their names. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> um, then we also have Tom Segura's newest special came out, and we are going to talk about that. Very excited to hear your thoughts on that because I know you were very pumped up for it. But yeah, so to, to start this podcast. Let's go ahead and get into what we do every week. Somehow now we're into about 57 weeks of new types of Reese's. Uh, So Adam has got, he's got the cooler out again, bro. When the cooler comes out, something is frozen. Do we have the other flavor? I'm excited about Reese's. Let's go. Uh, that you know, that only makes sense if you watch on YouTube. Yeah, uh, we've got we got the other la- one. Last week we did the Reese's ice cream cone. Uh, the chocolate. This is this one is the peanut butter. Yes, let's go peanut Reese's butter. Peanut All right, butter Reese's ice cream cone. Peanut butter ice cream cone. Now the chocolate ice cream cone had a giant peanut butter plump in the middle of it, which is my favorite part. So very interested in what will be in the center of this one. As we uh, get ourselves situated here, Adam, uh, while we while we eat Reese's and we decide what we are going to rate them, coming through with the garbage bag that's huge. Yes, we got to figure out what our what, what our first topic of the day has got to be the Cincinnati Reds. The All Star Game just happened, so maybe before we go into the Reds, maybe we start out. The All Star Game happened. Did you watch any of the All Star Game? I saw a couple of half innings, and then I had to turn it off and work on. Homework, but no. uh, I kept up and I, I I followed on game on the game day on the MLB uh-huh. app, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah, last yeah. inning. Okay. Um, wow, how much fun that last inning was insane. After I after I saw that, uh, uh, I already forgot his name from the Rockies that hit the home run to mm-hmm. go ahead in the eighth inning. Turned it on the game day, and yeah, and then they put the American League put a couple guys on, and uh, it got exciting. Uh, and I was hoping because I didn't know yet until I turned it on game day 
whether Alexis Diaz pitched or not. I was hoping they would save him and make him the closer. Mm, nope. He pitched in the sixth inning and looked like he didn't do too well. No, he was up for the loss until the home run came through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, I'm rooting for the National League. Nine straight losses. Um, rooting for the National League big time because we are Reds fans. And in the very in the bottom of the ninth inning, I looked at my son while we were watching it, and I said, Parker, for this one at bat, I am rooting for the American League. Julio Rodriguez steps up with the tying run on first base. He's the winning run. Craig Kimbrell struggling a little bit in Seattle. J Rod's up. I was super, I was like, this is the it's it's made for this moment for him to to hit this bomb. Uh, he didn't hit it, and then I immediately went back to all right, Kimbrell, it's time to throw a strike. <laughs> I thought about walked. that too. I thought about that too while I was while I was following along. Um yeah, that would have been cool. I would have been okay if they won on a, on a home run like that. Um, anyway, yes. I, so I didn't get to see a whole lot of it, but I did follow enough of it uh, to know what, what happened. Anything besides the home run that went ahead and the kind of excitement of that part that we just talked about, anything else happened during the game that I didn't get to see that you think stuck out? Right off the bat, first inning, National League's up the bat. Garrett Cole's the starting pitcher. And there's a bomb to right field that the Garcia kid from Texas jumps up and against dives into the wall, basically, to make the play. Next batter, Rosarena makes a jumping, diving catch into the wall uh, to save to save a, to save a double or triple or whatever. Like back to back, unbelievable plays to start the game was kind of cool. And Garcia and Rosarena came up together in the Cardinals organization. Really good friends uh, found this out during the home run derby because they were going, they went against each other in the home run derby. And they, uh, one of them is the godfather to the other's child. Very cool. Super close. And they got to hit against each other there. And then their opposite ends. And after a Rosarana makes the catch after that, he looks over in the right field and does a little stunting and, you know, all that good stuff. Let me ask you this. Uh huh. One of the fun things in the All-Star game is they mic the players up who are playing in the field mm-hmm. during the game while they're playing. Yep. That's kind of a fun thing. I think we talked about that after the first time they did that. And I think I was like, ah, I don't know, man. It's, you know, it's in the middle of the game. Don't distract the guy or whatever. I, I've come to like it now. And now I, I don't remember that they did this before. Maybe they did. But they talked to a pitcher while he was pitching this time. Twice. So I saw a video of it. I didn't see it live, but I saw like a a video. One, they had the batter mic'd up and the pitcher, and they could hear each other. Oh, that was fun. Wasn't a lot of conversation. So I didn't hear that one. It was quick. But that was interesting as well. I don't remember who was pitching when I saw that, but to, to like for him to. And he was kind of like talking a little lower. And he, dude, Josh Hader was talking as he was throwing the pitch. <laughs> I was like, take a deep not, breath, man. I know it was not Josh Hader that I saw. They so were, they, it was like they weren't like asking him to do it, but he works kind of quick. And they ask him a question as he's walking back to the mound and he gets right on the mound and he answers it as he's going into his motion and like finishing his word right as the pitch is coming out of his mouth. I was like, dude, take a deep breath. Pause, answer the question, man. <laughs> yeah. 
That's really interesting. And since it's a, I mean, those guys compete and that's a, I, I, I'm sure we've talked about this before too. Um, the, the baseball all-star game is the best one because you can't dog it as much. Mm-hmm. Like those guys probably aren't, you know, as locked. They're certainly not as locked in as they are in a regular game, but you still have to go up there and try to hit like you're, you're still getting a ball thrown 98 at you and you're still trying to strike a guy. You're still trying to get outs because that's how the game progresses. You can't, you you can't win. And even if you don't care about winning, you got to get outs to get out and go back. Right. <laughs> so you have to still, you you're kind of forced to compete a little bit more than some of the other games. And I think it's different in baseball too, because like in basketball, you know, to, showing off with threes and dunking and all that stuff you show off for your other for your for your peers well to show off for your peers in baseball you're doing it on both ends of the court or of the floor right so your pitcher is trying to show that i look bro i'm in the all-star game you're the best of you're the best of the best he is focused because that's his way of showing off his talent he gets beat up and now you know that's a that's that's no good for him the defense, you know, they made there was some unbelievable defensive plays mm-hmm. in the All Star game, and those were probably talked about more than any offensive plays. You know what I mean? So, and then you got this kid for Florida Arias. I can't remember his name exactly how to say his name. Who's creeping up on four hundred? Right, he's hitting what four eighty nine? I think right now. Eyes, yeah, arise, and he goes two for two. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's what you want to see. That's mm-hmm. so cool. So. It was, uh, that's why I think baseball is a little different because it's more one-on-one, you know what I mean? You get that you it's the defense. Isn't like the defense in the NFL or not like the defense in in major league baseball. Like, you know, uh, maybe, maybe in a pro bowl, the, the cornerbacks are really locked in, but outside of them, who's really locked in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? In defense, it, it in baseball, it means a little it, it, it seems like it means more to the to the players, mm-hmm. and it's in the middle of the season. Like it's the NBA is in the middle of season two. Yeah, I don't know, but oh. it's a lot of fun. It was a it was a good game, Adam. Before we go any further on that, mm-hmm. Reese's peanut butter ice cream cone is done. Yeah, or at least it's done for me. I don't think it was as good as the chocolate. I agree with you. I'm bummed out. I'm gonna go with like an eight seven. Eight seven. I, I mean, I would eat it again. Sure. It just tasted like an ice cream cone to me. Yeah. I, it didn't have any special very little peanut butter flavors. Yeah, it didn't taste like peanut butter to me. Um yeah, I, I'm totally on the same page there. Good ice cream cone, but uh it was just it was just an ice cream cone. Can we talk about something real quick, Adam? Yeah. I uh I came back from Columbus from work, uh stopped and had dinner with the family uh at a restaurant. Beautiful. Got home. A little later than normal. Uh, my receding hairline is legit. If you were watching this on YouTube, this thing is really, really creeping back there. I mean, really? Oh my god! Look at that, dude! Look at this! Look how deep that goes. From look from my eyebrow to the top, that far. Let me show you where yours is. Yours is that far. <laughs> it's half of yours is half of my hairline. I'm a wolf. Your hairline is half of my hairline. That thing is, as I look at this, because I part my hair on the side, I always wear a hat. 
but at work i don't wear a hat and man oh man really getting getting it going got ever, the taco meat out today that's cute looking good that looking good. good yeah you ever talk to your boss about maybe getting a uh Fall City hat that you can wear. I haven't. I haven't, but uh, there's a guy that in the winter wears, uh, you know, like the Peaky Blind. You didn't see Peaky. You know, you never watch Peaky Blinders, but you know the like uh, the flat, the like old golf hat. hat. Yeah, that's got the button in the front. Yep. He wears that all all winter. He wears that white when he goes from place to place. And I mean, he's sixty some years old, seventy years old. Part of me wants to actually. He's probably in his seventies. Part of me wants to like adopt that look. There is one vendor out in my world that wears a pair. Well, he just retired, but for the last like five years, he didn't care. He wore a pair of slacks. He wore a golf shirt untucked and he wore a golf hat every single day. Really? Just a golf hat every day. Justin couldn't, and he loved golf. He would, he golfed in three different golf leagues and I'm pretty sure that he wore that so in the middle of the day. If he decided he wanted to golf instead of work, he'd just go do it. <laughs> so you could get away with that if you wanted to. I can get away with anything I want, but I, you want to put on a level of professionalism. Professionalism. You gotta yeah. look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look presentable. I mean, people that did my job just you know thirty years ago were wearing a suit and tie, and then the jacket went away, and then the tie went away, and there was button-up shirts up until maybe 10, 15 years ago. And I still try to wear a button-up shirt half the time, but uh, yeah, the polo shirt is just where it's at now. Are there everything's getting way more casual? Yeah, uh, you see that in coaching and basketball coaching oh, yeah. too. Oh my god, like oh, that big time. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, we didn't plan on this, but how about Bob Huggins getting? First of all, I, we talked about him, his faux pas on the uh, yeah, which is a nice term for it for what he said on. 700 WLW on Bill Cunningham's show. Mm-hmm. Did we even talk about after he, he got another DUI? He got another got, DUI, gets was, fired or resigned. So they said that he resigned. He has now come out and said, oh, no, wait, I want my job back. I never resigned. Okay, Bob, you could, then, you, then they're, you're just forcing them to say you got fired. Yeah. Bro, you're done. It's over. <laughs> yeah. It's over. He's 70. What is, is he? He's got to be 70. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. 71, 70, like, dude, it's, you're done, bud. You've made plenty of money. Drift off into the sunset. Find a, a, a bar stool in a West Virginia bar and have him put your name on it and live there for the next two years until you die. He'll drink. He'll drink. You were just going to say he's going to drink himself to death, didn't you? Uh, no, I was going to say uh, he'll drink for free forever in West Virginia. 100% until he dies in two years. <laughs> yeah i don't mean if, that in a bad he, way i don't want i don't want bob huggins to die i don't want that it just feels like that's the thought process right like that's what's going to happen to a guy like him it does feel that way whether it's nice or not to talk about that it's <laughs> it does it, it, it does just feel feels that way. way it does um one quick thing do you remember what you said that your score was for reese's for this ice cream cone uh eight, eight, seven. eight, seven. eight seven. i already forgot two seconds after seven Man, I'll tell you what, we've got the camera a little farther away than normal today and uh, really accentuating the tummy right there. I mean, there. It, it is. If and you, into, it into is if my, that. I've got boob jiggle when I touch my stomach. How do I touch my stomach and get your, boob your jiggle? Your shirt is moving. What are you yeah, talking I'm about? pretty sure there's something making my shirt move. <laughs> Sorry. 
You got to watch on YouTube. Yes, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll understand what I'm talking. You get to see all of this manly goodness. Speaking of manly goodness, we kind of started talking about the Reds and went right into the All-Star game. Let's jump back to the Reds and really get to talk about this because shortly before the All-Star break, Saturday, Ellie De La Cruz had he's he's this electric guy he's already doing national commercials and everything oh like they're talking about why didn't the commissioner put him onto exempt him onto the onto the all-star team that's an interesting thing should we talk about that we can do you want to because he's only done it once the commissioner has only used this this uh rule this his his ability one time and it was i believe last year with miguel cabrera it's the only time he's ever done it but he has the ability to place anyone on the all-star team. And oh, I'll let you say, what, what do you think? Do you think he should have put, put Ellie De La Cruz in this game? 100%. Of course not. Of course not. The guy played three That's weeks, insane. two weeks of base, three weeks of baseball. <laughs> yeah. Is he electric? Yes. And they asked him to be in the home run derby and, and you know whatever, I'm glad they asked him. I would have said the exact same thing. No, yeah, I'm glad he didn't do it. Yeah, I'm it glad would have been so fun to watch. You were going to get to see it. Ellie De La Cruz in plenty of All Star games. Yep, plenty of All Star games. Enjoy it. This year, it's just it's you, let it happen. You can't put a guy in because he's having a great three weeks. No, and he's really exciting. It, it, uh, who's the kid in uh, Pittsburgh? He started like that. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, how about the Punisher? Had a had one of the greatest months in all of baseball history. What was his name? The Punisher? For the Reds. They call oh. him the Punisher. He had that oh, oh, September oh. or August where he hit. He, he broke the record for home runs in a month of, of September or August. And then he hit 210 for the rest of his, yeah. for the next two and years. And struck out time. 420 times and in he's the past not year and a half. in the organization anymore. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I, I can't remember his name. That's and how it was it just was. this like offseason. It was like he, three years ago. It's three years ago when he had that breakout oh, yeah, yeah. month. But yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so obviously he's fun to watch. Cincinnati's so excited about him. They're excited about the Reds. They're selling games out now. Dude, I'm, the Friday, the first game back, the entire upper deck is sold out. Oh, wow. This coming Friday for almost, uh, maybe not the entire, it's close to the entire. I mean, it's like this game, it's, it's, they're going to sell, I bet they sell 35 to 40,000 tickets. Well, there holds 56, right? Something like that, 54. I, th- I thought it was about 42 or something okay, like that, maybe but that's mid forties maybe, but um, Friday and Saturday games should be selling out pretty much all summer. And then, you know, that might drop off a little bit when, although Friday and Saturday games probably still should probably but still will, but the day when kids go good. back to school or whatever, maybe it'll drop off a little bit week, weeknight games, but people are really excited now about the reds. And how about is, is Bobby Nightingale jr. The unluckiest speed reporter in the history of baseball. He came to the Reds after they had their 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 playoff season, which was really I mean, they were not great. Goes through three years of the worst baseball I've seen. Goes to Minnesota and the Reds literally two weeks after he leaves leaves go on a 20 game winning streak. Yeah. Or twelve uh, or fifteen or whatever. It was. They've won eighteen out of twenty-two or yeah. something like that. But 
<laughs> Poor guy. Anyway, um, it is really exciting. And and so Ellie De La Cruz is this special player. They're talking about him on all the national shows and everything. And especially after that game Saturday night. Week, Saturday yeah. night. So so when he listens to the podcast, he's 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 been on here before, not on the podcast, but he's been in our uh, our mention, not our mentions. What's it called? In the, the comments. comments. Mm-hmm. Um uh he asked to see my plaque. Uh, that shows that, you know, this says to a special player for stealing home three times in a single season. Uh, he asked to see it because he didn't believe it. And, and he said he wants to try to do something like that. So on Saturday, he stole home for the first time this season. He stole three bases in two pitches. He stole three bases in less than 90 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so fun you know, that the, i mean that's legit that's real life that happened after it happened um i so i was following that game on game day as well oh, it happened. dude you didn't see it live didn't see it live and then but you know 10 minutes after it happened i i jump on instagram it's it's every everything i swipe up the next thing is uh somebody Ellie, posted Ellie. that video the there's the pictures thing. from above have you seen the pictures from above that, that one picture is unbelievable that, I, I i didn't know the reds had a camera there i know it seems like it would be like a drone or something but it's um it's a guy from it's a photographer from the associated press i think they said or something well, how can um, you have taken that picture from directly above home plate like that? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe it was because they have the camp, the camera well kind of on that middle deck coming off of it. Kind of. Yeah, but there, the but picture not... is literally looking down over top of home plate and seeing him sliding in. <clears throat> yeah. If it, we're talking about the same picture, which yeah, I'm sure we are. We are yeah. Yeah. It, it does seem like it, it's a crazy angle like you would just be floating in the air above the mm-hmm. above home plate so i got so you've seen it then i have you saw it so steal second no when he stole second we were i was sitting in my brother-in-law's house we we're getting ready to go to them um and and another couple were that was there too so the three the three men were sitting there we're watching the game me and my brother-in-law are in the uh are in the kitchen looking into the living room and the other guys in the living room he steals second and i look up and i was like I literally said, I said, that third baseman is nowhere near the base. And I was thinking he was going to take off the third after he stole second. And because he jumps up and he kind of looked at it like he thought about it. That's what's in this dude's head all the time. This Can guy, I get to the next base? It's five strides. It's five steps. I was going to say, this guy is 30 feet closer to the bag. I am. Yes. And I can still beat him. And there. I can still beat him there. And it's not a joke because he yeah. gets two steps before the guy realizes he's moving. And then the guy has to run to the base and try to catch the ball. All right. So I'm like, I think he might. And I kind of something to that effect. And we're sitting there watching it. I thought he was going then. He steals third easily. The third baseman like didn't even, didn't even move, move because he was like, it's not like I can't do anything. Like, so, why, but why wouldn't he anticipate a, a steal on that? Why wouldn't he play closer to the bag? Well, they had a shift on. So he's playing way far away from the bag bag already. Okay. Which for when Ellie De La Cruz is on the base, now people are going to know that. Like people are going to know that, right? A lot. It's still not a move that a lot of guys are going to run and do. But when you've got a guy like De La Cruz, that's just has the green light. Whenever he wants to run anywhere he wants, he gets it. 
He goes to third. The guy at third is just like, geez, doesn't even move, stands there. De La Cruz rounds it right away. He immediately rounded the base. Mm -hmm. He took takes his helmet off and kind of adjusts his hair. I don't know if that was part of the deke. The one guy goes, did you see that? He was deking him with that. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if that was part of a deke or not because he never stopped walking. He, he, he goes in third and immediately starts walking down the line. And the reaction of the third. So they're showing the third baseman in lot in real time. They're showing the third baseman. They show him he's creeping down the line. I was like, he's looking at it. I literally said, he's looking at it. Puts his helmet on. They show the third baseman because they're talking about how he had no chance of getting to the base. And they in the third baseman just lifts his glove up and is pointing at home. Like, what is going on? And it, the pitcher had turned his back and kind of walked. Well, you to don't the back right, but in real time, you don't see that. Yeah. In real time, they switch over to that third baseman because they're talking about how he was nowhere near the base. And all you see is him point up, and we all you don't even have to know what's going on. You just see that third baseman pointing home like, what is what? And we're jumping, going nuts, nuts. He was safe by a mile. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even close. He dropped it because he threw the ball away. Well, but even if that ball would have been caught, he still was safe by a mile. He could have ran through home instead of sliding, but <laughs> could have. It was, I mean, it was one of the most exciting baseball plays I've seen. So he's got time. one. He's got one this year. So he's. I would be impressed if he stole home three times in his career. I mean, that's impressive, right? I mean, yeah. nobody can do. I mean, it's, you know, without patting my back, you know, we're saying, you know, do, yeah, it. go ahead. Not a lot of people can steal home three times in one season, let alone a season that's probably only like 25 games. Mm -hmm. Like Chris Witt did back in 1999 or 2000. Wow. Yeah. It's been a while, but <laughs> that speed ain't here anymore. I never had speed. Never had speed. Just anticipation. Anyway. You're the, you're the brain. I, I, I one Three times in one season. Three times in 25 games. We'll say that. Three times in 25 games. I would be impressed if Ellie could could just do it three times in his career. If he could get on my that I would consider that being on my level. After seeing the one that just happened, I won't be as impressed if he does it three times in his career. It's the second time it's happened this year. Literally the the day before he got called up, he played almost the exact same okie doke down in Louisville. Almost the exact same play. So technically, but but I guess technically that's his second time this season. Technically, but it's got to be in, in Major League Baseball. Well, mine wasn't. No, but it was in the highest level you could play. I mean, it was it was where you it was it was in the league that you played in. It was in the league that I played in, and Ellie was in the league that he played in. Well, he did it once <laughs> in that league and once in another league. So that I guess technically count. that doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he I, I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. You'll give him two. I'll give him two. I'll give him two. Ellie. I know you've been wanting to come on the podcast and we were waiting to make sure you weren't, you know, a little one, uh, one hit wonder out here or, you know, a fluke. You get three, you get three bags at a plate, three bags of the plate. You know what I'm talking about? Steal three bags. You, you steal home three times, same season, just to tie me. We'll put you on the podcast. Yep. Yep. Meanwhile, keep listening and we appreciate that. Definitely do. But uh, yeah. So Going to the rest of the team, right? Because we can't we can't forget about all the other rookies on this team that have played. Considering really, really he's well. not the best rookie on the team, right? 
right? He's one of McLean is the best player on this team he, right now. He's one of four. I think it's um, I'm Abbott. Trying to remember. You got Abbott, Steer, McLean, De La Cruz. Mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm, I'm trying to missing? think. There's a there's a there's somebody Benson. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think though. There's somebody who's like uh, um, leading rookie of the year, not voting, but you know, like um, power rankings or whatever. And I can't think of who it is now. But after him, I just saw this last week. The next four guys on the power rankings of rookies for to all, win rookie of the year, all they're all reds. reds. <laughs> they are all reds. And a red will not win the rookie of the year this year. However, we are going to have three, four of the top five rookies in baseball that's awesome and so here's here's my concern you know i'm always uh that glass is well that glass is pretty much empty now but um yeah it's all the way empty it's all the way empty yeah and even if there was a little water in it honestly i would i would say it's it's all the way empty because that's just the the kind of guy i am unfortunately but now it's now now it's got some pp in it but it's not (laughs) excuse me yeah pp the glass looks about half full to me. Mm, a lot of a lot of air, a lot of air on top of that. <laughs> is it is it realistic to think that all the rookies on this team, even the guys who there are some rookies that aren't in that, you know, that aren't playing I don't know about that. I think we've seen such, I think we've seen a good enough sample size. There's going to be the the major league baseball players going slumps. Everybody does. I mean, it's going to happen, but I think it's safe to say that they could vary. I mean, outside of De La Cruz, the rest of them have been here most of the year. I think it's safe to say that what we see right now is pretty good indication who they are. That being said, that being said, Sophomore slumps, that's a lot of people. There's a lot of tape on you now. There's a lot of of, of statistics on you now. There's a lot of of, of different uh measures. And 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 look at Jonathan India last year. I mean, Jonathan India had a down year. He's hitting he he's struggling a little bit right now, but he was having a great year up until then. And I guess my point is is I, I don't I think when you have rookies that are this good, I think it's okay to say, yeah, we've we've got something here. Maybe we have a whole bunch of Jonathan Indias. I'm not saying that we've got a bunch of Mike Trouts, mm-hmm. but maybe we got a bunch of Jonathan Indias. And a bunch of, bunch of Jonathan Indias can win you a lot of games. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that fair? Fair enough answer to that? Yeah. Um so I you know, I, I sophomore slump certainly as they as they keep getting at bats i feel like the league is going to have more tape on them it's going to is going to catch up before the end of this year and like you said everybody no matter how good mike trout has he'll go 1 for 20 sometimes he'll, you know shohei otani has i don't know if he's ever had a slump but he, you know he, he <laughs> i don't know shohei otani i don't know if there's anything shohei otani cannot do yeah um it's the most special player i've ever seen in my life We'll talk about that later. 
those guys okay say they even maintain is it realistic is it realistic to think that this can continue through the rest of the year yeah second half of the year and we're a little bit more it's it's really Uh, the last third of the season because it's the cincinnati reds and because i live in cincinnati and because i've been a fan my whole life my answer is yes it's definitely realistic and i I feel all honesty all honesty somebody's going to have a slump somebody's going to go through a slump but they're they're, the different the thing is is you've got it's a mentality right so if you play on a bad team and you go into a slump there's nothing that really helps you get out of that right but when you slump buster well, you ask, can ask Tracy Jones. You can go get a slump buster, buster, but <laughs> yeah, they don't always work. I guess I, you know, I I feel like it. I feel I like know. I feel like you got to go through. You might have to go through a few before you find the actual slump buster. Sure, right. I feel like you might think you got a slump buster. Maybe maybe you don't come out of the slump, and you're like, well, I just got to go back again. <laughs> just got to see if I that wasn't the slump buster. Maybe I give me one in it. <laughs> I'm sorry for bringing that up. That's All okay. right. Continue, please. <laughs> uh, but I don't even notice. Oh, but the difference is, is this team, the energy around this team is different. So it's hard when, if somebody is in a slump, you just don't know it. You just don't see it. Jonathan India is not playing. He's not having the best offensive month that somebody would like, that he would like to be having. But he hits a grand slam a couple nights ago. You know what I mean? He, it's, it's, it's not affecting these guys. When it he, doesn't affect them the same way. When you get into a slump, you can just lose it. Joey Votto was zero for twenty, zero for twenty one, but was hitting balls hard. And he, the whole time, he's like, "Man, I'm, I'm hitting great right now. Just balls aren't falling. I'm hitting great." He comes out with another home run, and now, and then, uh, uh, on base four times right after that, and then, like, like it's, it's. It's different when you're winning. It's different when the club is playing this kind of baseball. When the the atmosphere is good on your team, it's going to be easier to come out of slumps or to handle them as you're going through them, right? And and the clubhouse is always better when you're winning. Everything is better when you're winning. Everything is better when you're winning. Mm -hmm. So now, quickly the pitching. You have a couple of key – at least two key guys on the injured list, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo. Yep. And those guys, from what I understand, should be coming back sometime in August. So still got at least a couple weeks without them. Once they get back, you'll have to kind of readjust your rotation again, figure out who's doing that. And then some of the guy, a couple of the guys who are in there right now, are they going to go to the bullpen? Are they going to be able to help the bullpen a little bit? I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, I, for me, it's so easy for me to say, take this starting pitcher and throw him in the bullpen. He he helped us for a while. He's throwing well. Put him in the bullpen. Uh, we've got uh, you know we we've got the best closer in baseball. We have you know the maybe uh, another another guy that you can count on. But outside of that, it gets a little rough take one of these starters that has shown you there they've they've been able to to spot start for you put them in the bullpen it doesn't work that way it doesn't work that way anymore like it's it's just not that easy the way these guys go through their 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 pregame their uh what's it called like that repetition what you know you call it some 
people always say, you know, I tie my shoes the same way every time. It's my, what's that called? I hate this. I, I'm so terrible with words. Um, superstition. So, yeah. so you've got your superstitions that you do, right? You do certain things a certain way. It's that's that's not exactly what that is. It's not a soup. It's it's literally the way you prepare. And if you change the way you prepare yourself for a start now in a bullpen, that changes the entire way you prepare to throw in a game. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be the same person. You're just not. It has nothing to do with how good you are. It has to do with this is how I prepare for a start. You got an hour or two before game that you start working through your whole preparation. Your long, whereas yes. Whereas if you're a reliever, you're sitting on a bench in a bullpen waiting and then boom, I got to go get ready. And you've got maybe getting abandoned doing maybe five minutes and they do that all game. And that's not a joke. The I'm going to tell you right now, the band thing, my team will have bands next year. And that's a legit thing. That's that's keeping your arm loose. It's also strengthening your arm. It's keeping yourself warm without putting the same strains on your arm as throwing. That's a that's a legit thing. I think it would be a good workout for them if they would, if the guys in the bullpen would just, you know, I'm going to say something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> if they would just do uh, an arm wrestling tournament during the game. Yes, I feel like I told, that's a good. But strength that's static. Exercise. That's static, sure. right? And you. They don't want static, right? It, what is what is it called when it's quick movements? Uh, dynamic, dynamic stretching, right? Yeah, dynamic stretching and static stretching, right? You don't want static. It, uh, the static lifting that doesn't do you any good before you get ready. That's bigger strain. You want the dynamics, man. That gets you loose. Yeah, loosen up. Yeah, yeah. loosen up. <laughs> what was that one? Uh, that's uh, Jesus in Tom Segura's special. <laughs> oh. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that part or not, but his dad saw Jesus <laughs> for some reason. I don't remember that part, but hey, can I touch it? I see it as being blue. Sorry, we'll get into all that later. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, Reds are up one game, they're, they're in first place, Brewers are game back. Um, they have the Brewers coming in to start this second portion of the season after the All-Star break. And then they do they play them. They probably play them again. Um, one more time. One more time. That's it. One more. Yeah. There's a total of nine games, I think, I want to say. Okay. That they had left before they started the, the last series. It seems like. And it's the, pretty quick. Like, they, it's pretty quick. Okay. All right. I think it's all done by the time the first week in August is here. So they lost the series. It was 2-1. They did get a game in Milwaukee. Um, so it's going to be in order to take, you know, uh, widen the gap a little bit between them and the Brewers and get a chance to really gain some games or go ahead or whatever. They're going to have to do that early. Do you think they need so so they do need to do it early? So do you think the key to that at the at the trade deadline is starting pitching or relief pitching? With with you got two your two best starters not coming back for four weeks. Yeah, I'm I'm scared of that. Um and they are patching this thing the best they can right now. Yeah, and you know what? They're getting some decent starts. Yeah, they got beat that... up. They got both the both these first time starters got got beat up a little bit early on against the Brewers. 
Okay, so I, I mean, I, I think you need another arm for the bullpen. <clears throat> I do. Um, and it's, I think it would be easier to acquire that than a, a, a good so, starting pitcher that's going to make a difference so you for you. you think it's a bullpen? I do. Um, it certainly wouldn't hurt to get another arm because even when, when Green and Lodolo come back, you don't know if they're going to be – you don't know how they're going to be. I mean, they, they've had a lot of time off. Um, they should be fresh, but they got to build their arm back up. They got to – uh, they've got to get used to pitching again in games. And if that's, if they come out and struggle a little bit, both or either one of them, that's not going to do us any good. You know, it, it's, it'd be great to get those guys back, but they've got to be able to pitch well. And they, they, there were games that when they were healthy early in the year, they didn't pitch all that great. Uh, they were, they were okay, but um, it, it's, you have to get those guys back and they have to be your one, one and two, or maybe two and three or whatever. And they have to be able to perform that way. So getting another starter would be awesome, but that's going to cost you a lot. You're probably going to have to part with somebody that you don't want to, and, and you might be renting a guy for just the rest of this year. Sure. Um, if you can, if you can keep patching the starting rotation up like you have been, and just get by, and just get by enough to win games five, four, six, five. Seven five. A lot of people think they should get they should go into starting pitching. They need to get a starting pitcher. Uh, I'm with you. I think the re- I think a reliever right now that you can put in front of Diaz uh, and feel comfortable. You're you're so close. You're so close. Ashcraft, Abbott, Lodolo, Green, and then put a fifth starter in there. Yeah. And I, and I like, and he hasn't been back real long, but Lucas Sims has been back for the last few weeks too. And he's pitched better. Since I still like, back. yeah, I, I still like Lucas Sims a lot. So maybe you continue to get some, some good pitching from him and hopefully Diaz stays the course and uh, the all-star game performance didn't break him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it would be nice to have another arm because other than those two guys, I don't know who you can really count on right now. Yeah, I agree. So, but uh, we're going to find out. It's going to be really fun. It's fun to be almost two-thirds of the way through the season and be in first in place. Position. Yeah. You're in first place in the Central. Yeah. And we're and, and how many games above above 500 on me? That's, our, Nine, that's my favorite. Nine games. 50 and yeah. 41, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're 10 games over 500. I mean, I love that. Yeah. Keep it up, Red Legs. Chris, let's talk about – let's talk about – the what do you Mount want to Rushmore of uh, you want to go straight into the Mount Rushmore? Are I, you ready for the Mount Rushmore right now? I am ready for the Mount Rushmore right now. Okay, you good Let's with that? Uh, yeah, there's something else you wanted to do. I was trying to think. I feel like I was going to say something earlier, but I can't remember what it was. Let's uh, let's do the Mount Rushmore of uh, Giants and wrestling. I'm going to let you go first because I really want to talk about Tom Segura. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna get to talk about both. <laughs> I know, but I want to start okay. the conversation Good. about Tom Segura. These are guys we decided six nine or above. Six foot nine inches, otherwise uh otherwise known as Giants. 117 inches. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm gonna start. You know what? I'm gonna rank these in order. Okay, rank them. And I'm going to start with number four. Number four, I am going to go. I'm going to go with Kane. Wow. 
Nice. I'm, I'm going with Kane. How tall was Kane? Kane, it's funny you ask because one website that I looked at I know had him six thing. eight. Yeah, I saw the same two thing. more websites had him six, seven feet. Yeah. So that's what makes me think about Braun Strowman. Like, how tall really is Braun Strowman? How could it be a four, a four inch know. difference? I have no idea. Um, they, I also saw the same for my uh my number three. But anyway, I'm going Kane. It was, you know, it was like uh it was so cool when he came out especially if it was in the middle of somebody else's match and he was coming to interfere and the lights just went out black. And then he would pull his hands down and boom, red with fire on everything. The pyrotechnics were always really cool when he would, he would get come into the ring and all four post ring post would fire up. It was just, it was very, very cool. And then they did the whole storyline with, he was, undertaker's brother for a while or yeah, something. Got burned yeah was thought was lost in his in the, in the burning rubble <laughs> um oh he was uh fred flintstone's neighbor and friend ah barney rubble i get it um i'm going with kane okay it was he, he was uh always neat to watch number three i'm going with a guy who uh was kind of like the only he was like he was like the first rival I feel like as far as being able to uh be almost a little comparable in size with the guy who's going to be number 1 on my list but Big John Stud was was big to me back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Big the John Stud for sure. And and uh he was I don't remember a lot. It didn't seem like he had really a gimmick or anything. He he just was, was a, another really he big was just guy. Big and if if Andre the Giant wasn't in wrestling at that time, yeah. he would have been the giant, the giant yes. in wrestling at that 100%. time. Hundred percent. Big John Stud uh, was the only guy who could kind of like square up a little bit to to Andre and and be close. Uh, number two, I'm putting the Undertaker. Undertaker uh, had a. 25 year 30 year career whatever it was unbelievable just retired a couple of years ago and it was really cool the way it all went down yep uh and and by the way uh oh no this and, not and at and in his late 40s early 50s whatever age he retired at was still walking the top rope <laughs> yeah as he would do certain moves yeah um he went through it's always fun to see all the pictures of like the evolution of the undertaker you know his <laughs> his different his different styles his the the way the different things he wore um i <laughs> we'll end up talking about this next week but his manager was the funniest character oh, the and, greatest guy ever paul Barrow was oh, awesome yeah um but it was it was cool he was he was like an intimidating frightening guy when he first came in especially uh, because it was all about he was the undertaker he it, it was all about death and yes. know, they had the casket matches and stuff like that they always they always uh worked around that the the weirdest one to me was the biker undertaker as he started getting older so that was the, to the, it, to the that screen. was the weirdest one for you kind of that was when yeah. he started i feel like that was when the undertaker was like i've been doing this for 25 years I'm going to start being who I am a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. And, and he got to, and, and he got a little more leeway with his gimmick, if you will. Yeah. Especially cause like in the early nineties, late eighties, early nineties that or mid eighty, whatever, uh, the gimmicks were everything in the W everybody had a gimmick. There was yeah. a red rooster and a, mm-hmm. I mean, all kinds of goofy stuff. Right. Uh, so undertaker's definitely up there. One of the greatest wrestlers of all time. 
Andre the Giant is easy. Andre the Giant's number one for me. Yep. The biggest guy, not actually not the biggest wrestler ever, but the biggest by stardom and size. So there were other guys bigger than him in the past, but many. they weren't not many. Not many. Not many. But they there were uh nobody as big star wise as right. Andre the Giant, for sure. All the all the great stories. There are a couple documentaries about Andre the Giant. If you liked wrestling at all, please watch an Andre the Giant documentary. It's so fascinating to see that guy's life and all the stories that the I still I, I'll swipe on uh on TikTok and get wrestling Something stories crazy. from guys that were around him back the, in the day. The, he'd drink oh, a man. he'd drink a case of beer and he'd sleep in the tub because the bed wasn't comfortable or so crazy stuff yep uh his flatulence was uh oh yeah. legendary yeah i heard that yep yep and he farted on people in the middle of matches and stuff on purpose oh, God, so uh and gross yeah uh <laughs> uh yeah somebody told a story about it it was like a like a two-minute fart or something like that. <laughs> like just continuously he just for a very 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 long time um the 120 beers or whatever. I feel like it's a different yeah, number every time. I number all time. The, the, the story about when Hulk Hogan got the belt from Andre giant. Yeah. Like Hulk Hogan telling that story is was that WrestleMania course. when he body slammed him. Yeah. yeah. So Hulk writes out an entire, the entire match, right? It's an hour long match and Hulk's got it on. It's like five pages of a legal pass. It was like a 45 minute match. Mm-hmm. And he and he's like, I think I got the what do you think? What do you think? Uh what do you think, Giant or Andre or whatever you called him? And and Andre goes, Ah, we'll see how it goes, or something like that. Or you know what I mean? And it was all, but they knew that it was gonna be passed on. And uh and he or he said something to the effect of, ah, we'll just do it how we do it, or we'll 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 play it as the as the match goes, kind of the thing is what he told Hulk. And Hogan, Hogan's like, oh, geez, oh, Pete, this is going to be like, they're so, I mean, cause those guys talk during the match and they, so you didn't know what each other are doing and the referees involved with a lot of that. And, uh, and he said, uh, the bell rings and he walks out and they square up and word for word, move by move, Andre, the giant did exactly what was on that entire legal pad. Wow. And Hogan was like. There's no way he there's no way he had more than 20 minutes to go over that. And it was all in his head and he knew the whole thing. That's so impressive. Yeah. I can't remember any I can't remember one thing most of the time. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. But Andre the Giant, I mean, he wrestled everywhere in the old when they had the territories. I mean, he was that dude made all kinds of money because everybody wanted him and he went everywhere. And that giant hair that he had for such a long time was so great. Oh my God. And he's whatever disease he had, like the rest of his family were just normal sized people. Mm -hmm. So crazy. Like there's no other big people in his family. It's hilarious seeing the old pictures when they did the Andre, the giant documentary and seeing family pictures from wherever the God's country he's from out in the middle of farmland somewhere. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Seven, four, five, 20. I, I mean, you can, yeah, I mean, find you, yeah, you can figure out whatever you want to put there, but it, it's going to be something different everywhere you go. Um, yeah, no doubt. 
that's my four. All right. That sounds good. So uh, there's a guy now wrestling Omos and he played college basketball. I don't know if you looked at any of that stuff. He's, he's getting better, but he, at, at first he's just kind of, you know, he's just big. It's not, it's, it's, it's not great watching him wrestle. Uh, do you remember giant Gonzalez? The guy who like his, his body suit was muscles. Uh, yeah, I don't, I it don't look like, but I was, it looked like flesh or yet. Like I remember that guy. And that was, I always thought that was pretty funny. Um, uh, test you got, you were talking about him earlier. The great Kali, the great Kali might've been the worst wrestler I've ever seen in my entire life. He didn't do anything. He would just like push people and, you know, you know choke slam people where they literally, you watch them jump in the air and he did, like, he did nothing. He was terrible. Um, thought all those were good dude i'm going to tell you right now so i'm going to go i think the only different we only have one different person in our in our in our mount rushmore um so in no significant order i took big john stud off i'll tell you that i loved big john stud but i took big john stud off um and i put in kevin nash i love kevin nash kevin nash was when the Wolfpack came out and, you know, WCW got big and Kevin Nash jumped ship from WWF and him and him and uh, Razor Ramon jumped ship and they went over and, and uh, they became the outsiders. Mm-hmm. Is that what, or no, that's what they were in WWF. What were they when they came over to WCW? Uh, they were the, they were the Wolfpack, right? Well, they, they started the, the Wolfpack. Yeah. Right? Maybe that's just what it was, but yeah, maybe. And they became Scott Hall instead of Razor Ramon. So, yeah. um, maybe weren't they the outsiders when they were in the Wolfpack and WCW? Maybe they or were maybe still they, the outsiders. Then I, right. I forget. Loved it. Uh, so Kevin Nash is on mine. Um, and, and I was a little surprised. Uh, actually I take that back. I take that back. I'm going to go to, I'm going to, my number three, my number three is another WCW guy that, mimicked the giant his name was actually the giant i loved paul white as the giant i he was awesome and he's a like that dude like if you he had a kid's show not that long ago a couple years ago my kids love it really it's something the giant like he's a retired wrestler yeah it was on uh netflix right something yeah i think so my kids love that show and i love it he's just seems like a great guy <clears throat> um, but I loved the giant when, when he got jackhammered by Goldberg, I thought that was the craziest thing I ever saw. Yep. I that was that. one of the greatest jackhammers ever. It was the shortest jackhammer ever, <laughs> yeah. but it was a great jackhammer. Uh, so I'm going with, I'm going to go with, uh, who was my first one? I said Kevin Nash, Kevin Nash, the giant. And then I'm going with the undertaker you can't not put the undertaker in this he might actually be my number one i would probably i might put andre the giant as number two and and the undertaker is number one there was uh i probably looked at four different lists of big big guys in wrestling history and the three of those lists were from websites that were just you know random something yeah. yeah uh the wwf wwe yeah it's only been that way for 25 years 
uh, actually put World out World Wildlife Foundation. <laughs> right. Put out the World Wildlife Foundation put out their like top 30 animals. Now they're top 30 <laughs> um big big men in wrestling. And it wasn't like necessarily by height, but it was Just like big, big people, yeah. Um Undertaker number one. Yeah. Wow. It's, yeah. I mean, the guy was around forever. Did it all. I still think Andre the Giant, just as what Andre the Giant was for wrestling. Literally, wherever he went in whatever territory, he could. They, they, they like, yeah, you watch Tales of the Territory, right? You ever watch? Did you watch any of those? Yeah. You watch any of those? That's a vice thing, I've too. Clips. Uh, um, the Rock is a producer on that. And, uh, but a, a, like a ton of these old territory stories, they talk about how, like in all different territories, they talk about how if they had somebody they wanted to get over, then when Andre the Giant came, that's who the Giant would fight. And and he would lose a lot of those matches, but he would win for you know a month or two, two months, and then they'd build it up, and then this guy would beat the unbeatable person. Mm-hmm. And it, and then the uh, the Andre the Giant would go to the next territory and do the exact same thing, beat up on somebody for two months, and then the very last match, get beaten. That's how they put people over. That's how they got people over that they wanted. The, their big their big stars that are their up and coming stars. That's how they would do it. Andre the Giant made Hulk Hogan. Yeah, he made Hulk Hogan. Without that win, and it's against the Giant. Vince McMahon knew what he was doing. WrestleMania three, something like that. Yeah. All right, we got. I, I think I said seven before. I I wrote down six guys. You had the two guys that were not on mine: Kevin Nash and Big, and Big Show or Giant. Big Show, the Giant. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So I had those guys. I also liked. Uh, you said Test earlier. Test was on. Uh, yeah, this guy was a goober. But uh, I'm trying to think. Were there any more really big? I mean, besides the great Kali, the great Kali, I think about him all the time. That was a, he was so bad. Um, there was a guy, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember his name. Um, it wasn't, no, it wasn't him. Uh, remember the oddities? Yeah. He was on that and he was a big giant Huge guy. guy. Yeah. Um, gosh, I can't remember his name now, but anyway, uh, he was seven something, seven, huge, seven or yeah. something like that. Um, yeah, uh, there were there were a few guys that were like seven six seven seven. Yeah, and were uh, they build one guy's eight foot? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like the you know the natural disasters. They would they would be coming down at a total combined weight of one thousand three hundred and seventy eight pounds. Yeah, I mean those guys would have to be like six fifty each. <laughs> but, but they were big fellas. They were big. <laughs> big when earthquake and typhoon came down. Oh, yeah. You just didn't want to get sat on. I just, uh, I'm sure I, I know I've said this before on this podcast, but one of the biggest earthquake matches I can remember forever in my head. He he wrestled Jake the snake and he, I, I forget he was beating Jake and I don't know if he tied him up in the ropes or something like that, but he got, he went down and got his, and he was scared to death of the snake earthquake yeah. was. Uh, cause Jake, I think had previously threw the thing in and he ran away and he got the, got the bag, brought it in the ring and did his thing where he, I think he jumps, he bounces off the rope or whatever and comes to the corner and sits 
sits on the bag. He sat on the bag with the snake in sat it. Sat on Damien. Sat on Damien. Ugh. I remember that. And Jake was like in agony on the ground. He was he I think he was even crying, like they made yeah. him cry or something like that. I remember that. Jake the Snake Roberts, I'm gonna tell you what, that dude right there, craziest life you've ever heard anybody. I, I know. Craziest I heard, life ever. And he was four or five years ago, or whatever, he was on Joe Rogan. So he it was like a five hour, four or five hour podcast or whatever. Dude. I listened to the whole thing. Crazy. Yes. Crazy. Yep. Yep. And he was supposed to get over one time against Hogan, and he's all still all butthurt with Vince McMahon, the way they pulled the plug on his on his whole movement. They had the whole thing set up. He was going to sell a ton of merch, and because that was a big way. Anyway, anyway, I love watching all those all that he, stuff. Jake the Snake is Jake Roberts is he was like almost dead a bunch of times. He was a, addicted to drugs and alcohol and in really bad shape for a long time. Yeah. And then they had the whole there was the documentary with DDP yeah. brought him in and all that kind of thing. He is now like. In really, he's in good shape again. He they, uh, unfortunately I mean, better they, shape than what he was. That's what I mean. Yeah. So, but he, she shouldn't be doing this. This isn't good. But he just recently like showed up at a territory or something and wrestled. Yeah. I mean, he's in some his like stuff. Yeah. Or he's done some indie stuff and and to make some money and it's bad when he shows up. It's There's bad. one. I mean, they've got video of him like when he was going through his bad times mm-hmm. and. But he's like sober now. He just reconciled with his with his wife after like twenty years of being yeah. divorced. His kids like haven't talked hadn't talked to him for like and talked to him in like twenty years. Mm-hmm. But I think all that's like way better now. Like he's in yeah. he's in yeah, yeah. Doing really really well. well now. Uh, DDP got all that going, and then they even got they even got uh, Scott Hall. Yeah, uh, in there with like they were both of them worked really hard to get Scott Hall in there, yep. and uh, like like Jake the Snake quit multiple times on mm-hmm. that that was a pretty good document that was a cool little thing they did there yeah um yeah and scott hall scott hall r.i.p mm-hmm. yeah yep dearly departed Scotty's gone all right uh so there you go that's the mount rushmore of giants in wrestling now my friend we get to do the sledgehammer from Tom Segura, which sounds like a wrestling on Netflix, movie. it does sound like a wrestling move. Uh, Sledgehammer. I still don't. I think he just maybe likes the song because that's the only time I heard Sledgehammer come out. Unless it's a reference to uh, no, he, to one of the jokes about having a big one and a small one, and that's his Sledgehammer. Yeah, he, is he, that he what the reference is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe yeah, I, I think so. must have missed that part. Yeah, Sledgehammer. Um, I took notes and and I'm reading my notes now and I'm like I I don't know exactly how I just started jotting stuff down when I laughed hard and I laughed hard a lot mm-hmm. I laughed hard a lot Tom Segura is so good his laugh his little <laughs> that little thing he does and and he pushes the line like when he's in the shower with his kid and he's like. He's like, no, it's only because I'm. He's, you got a big, you got a big thing, and I got a small thing. It's like, oh, it's only because I'm hard. (laughs) (laughs) I I was cracking up. He's like, no, I didn't do that to my son. (laughs) Lots of funny stuff there. Um, When uh, I've got so many things on here, and I don't know if I should read all these. The the so to start it off when he walks out. What did he say when he first walked out? Uh, he's just trying to get the temperature in the room. 
Uh, I can't remember that part. How did that start? It was totally political. He's trying to get the temperature in the room. Anyway, besides that, so fun to hear the the jokes. the The beginning jokes are with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. That was good. Um, they took a bath later, but that wasn't gay because they talked about sports most of the time. So it evened <laughs> it out. That was good. I like that. Uh, man, I don't know what that even is. Uh, didn't get didn't get the, I didn't I didn't get the Garth Brooks joke. He, so Tom is what is the Garth Brooks killing like Garth Brooks they, I, is I, a murder? I'm sure it's legitimate. Yeah, like there are there are murders throughout the United States that that line up exactly with his tour, with with his tours like over the years. Like he there are murders that happened in cities that he was in at that time when the murders happened. And then he went to the next city. So this is a there podcast was a murder. Thing. This is a podcast thing. He's he... talked about it a bunch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he, and he like continues to call out Garth Brooks about that because he doesn't care, I guess. Well, sure. It's a, I mean, it's a joke, but it's, but there, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm just saying, but he said it enough times, I guess that it's getting Tom's popular enough yeah. that it's gotten back to Garth Brooks and Garth Brooks is like, why is this guy even talking about me? <laughs> but also Maybe that's maybe it's a real thing. I don't know. So that so I didn't understand that. Okay, that makes more sense now. I like that. Um, the dad on his deathbed uh, about what his favorite thing is. Why'd you tell me? Well, I don't know. Your mother keeps trimming hers. That was funny. I was laughing like crazy at that. Um, real he hymns. I don't know what that means. Don't worry. Don't worry. We were naked. I don't, man, I hate this. The <laughs> The Pac-Man story was funny with his kid. Uh, scared. Out of him. Uh, what is Pac-Man? What happens if Pac-Man wants to, wants to buy a house when he's like literally an inch in front of his face when he wakes him up at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> oh, yeah, to ask him that, to ask him that story. I thought that was hilarious. And then the little one is just standing up in bed. Who's that? Who? Oh, that was hilarious. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of funny stuff in here. Um, God, I can't read all of this. One guy that booze was all oh, the vasectomy. He's like, every time I talk about the vasectomy, uh, all the women cheer. And there's one guy that booze, <laughs> uh, the 48 hour record. That was pretty good. And I feel like I had the, the doctor had to tell him doctor had to say, listen, I need you to go. I need you to do something 20 times. And then the 21st one, put in this cup, bring it back to me, but take your time. I have to tell everybody to take their time. Well, what's the fastest anything has ever got back here? 48 hours. The Joey Diaz stories at the end cracked me up. I'm going to tell you right now, the milligrams that he's talking about, I can't, I can't believe that those are all 100% real. However, knowing Joey Diaz, I don't know, maybe it is like you. I feel like you would damn near die. Yeah. There's a, so this guy I work with, he, he listens to some of the comedy podcasts and stuff. And, um, the honeydew is uh, Ryan Sickler's a comedian who has the honeydew podcast. And I think he's an LA guy. So he's, he's friends with all of those guys. He did a series where I don't even think it was planned this way. He had Joey Diaz on his show one time uh-huh. and, and he started talking about his life and Joey Diaz went from like the time he was born. And it was like, this guy keep at work, keeps trying to get me to listen to this, but it's like, uh, 
it's like 12 episodes and all the episodes are three hours long or something like that. Wow. It's, it's something like, first off, Joey Diaz is hilarious. He's hilarious. And he is the Jake, the snake of comedy. hundred percent. He's been through some stuff that Holy cow. The stories in his comedy are outrageous. He robs his best friend multiple times mm-hmm. and crazy stuff. Like so he that. tells stories like from basically every year of his life through, through this whole podcast. And he, oh, so, man. so they get to like two or three hours and he's like, he's like, I'm only four years old or whatever. <laughs> so he like has him on again. And he, he goes for another few years, just talks about all the stuff that happened in his life. And yeah. And he was like, did every single drug you can imagine oh, yeah. and robbed his robbed everybody on the planet and uh probably should have been dead 50 times and over and probably almost killed 50 people and i mean just the craziest life craziest life but uh anyway those were hilarious that was hilarious how joey diaz does all that he takes one and he's blown out of his mind and they get on a plane joey diaz goes i want you to see the devil I think I'm looking at him. That was awesome. Uh, all right. That wasn't the greatest recap because I can't read half of my notes and I don't know what half of it means. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you get a chance, Tom Segura never fails. This dude's hilarious. There's a reason he's at the top of his game. This is like the prime of his comedy career. He kills it every time he walks out there. Um, the story with his mom were funny. Like, I mean, maybe they, I wouldn't have ended with that. I might've ended somewhere different. It was good. It was hilarious, but I don't know that that was like the closer that he could have used outside of that. It was unbelievable. I laughed out loud and hard multiple times, Mm -hmm. 10 times, uh, four, seven, four, seven, beautiful, four, seven. That's a big number. Good job. Uh, yeah, I, I, I loved it. It was, I was, it was one of those things where I was expecting a lot and yep. I got a lot. And you got a lot. Oh, I laughed so hard. And cause he'll say something and, and then he has to tell you, no, I didn't, that didn't happen. You know, something, but like when he just steps over the line and like, I love that mm-hmm. because a lot of times you got something in your head and he goes one step further yep. and it's like, <laughs> yes. That's what I need out of my comedy. Something that is way over the top and and is definitely not true. And I know it's not real, but that was funny. It's you got to think of the worst thing you can possibly say or can possibly think of. And he's fine saying it out loud. When he, when he, when he's, when he's talking about his wife and she breaks her ankle after the whole deal with him breaking his ankle and the, with the, with the, them the uh paramedics there oh my god it's hilarious like this was probably what sucks the most about listening to us talk about a comedy uh our comedy segment is because we we tell like a a quarter of the joke and tell what we loved about it but we like it's nowhere near as funny nothing's great about it like some nobody somebody that's never listened to that comedy podcast has no idea what's going on i feel bad no, we're just talking about what we, we like about it. Yeah. I mean, he talked about he had jokes for his boys, for his wife, for yeah. his dad, for his mom. He talked about for all of his friends, basically. Yeah. He mentioned Bert. everybody. Yeah. Uh so he he was and I mean that's he's he's getting to that place now where he's actually been there for a little bit 
um, he could he could go, and sometimes he toes the line a little bit. Of he's so so big now, getting really famous and really rich, that some of those guys that we've seen, some of the guys and girls that we've seen get successful like that, they start talking about things that aren't as relatable. Yes. And he experiences those things a lot. And he'll talk about that stuff sometimes like on podcasts and stuff. And, and it might creep in a little bit to his sets, but he's also, he's also pretty good about like everybody can relate to family to jokes about family. Yeah. I mean, outside of saying, and I paid for the coffee table too, or, you know, outside of that, I don't know that he got into anything really like it's everything is relatable. Mm-hmm. Every single thing in the in the in it's it's the thing we love about comedians right when comedians are the most funny it's because what they're talking about relates to to the everyday person Mm -hmm. and when you start talking about how much money you make and you is a star now and and i like now it's not funny anymore it's not there's nothing funny anymore you're just bragging yeah tiffany thanks for watching uh (laughs) Was that was that a direct? Was that a direct? Man, was I was I that good? Was I that good? good. Was I that good? good. I I feel like we were thinking we were on the same page there. All right. Um, Yep, I loved it. I love the special. Uh, He he's getting better, and uh, he's he's as good as anybody else. I think. I think he's as good as Chappelle. I think he's as good as Rock. I think he's as good as bill burr and david tell and whoever else you want to talk about yeah. it's i think 100%. he's right there with everybody right there with everybody yep. yeah yeah 100 i think all the yeah nate but I, I still nate. think nate bargazzi is right there with those dudes too like every time he comes out it is that funny but yeah all those guys i mean sam morell's just maybe a hair below but getting like i like sam morell but i don't know that he's there he's definitely that next tier from the really 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 yep. good He's that that right above on that next tier. I feel like he I feel like he and a few other guys like Mark Norman, I feel like is right there with him, too. Um, and, and maybe even passing him. Uh, he's he's got a special coming out in a couple of weeks. By the way, I think he's past Mark Norman. I like Mark Norman, but I don't know that I'm a bigger Mark Norman fan than a Sam real fan. I, I am. I think yeah, that, I, yeah, again, the, the guys that can do that many jokes. I was that fast, say, that's that. That is impressive to me. They're kind of similar in the way they in, in like their joke writing kind of i mean they're they're more yeah they're more kind of like old style guys where they're writing jokes and it's going to be now they're doing more like crowd work and stuff uh, it seems like everybody's doing more of that now too but um but it's it's good like they they will write a joke and it has a setup and a punchline and and there's a big pause for most of their punchlines and they pause really they they have the time they're their comedic timing is a lot is very similar, but the way they deliver their punchlines are totally different. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so anyway, you guys, yeah, that are, that are on that next tier that I don't know what it takes all the time to get that, yeah, that next know. bump, but cause there are guys that are way bigger than them that are doing arenas and theaters and sure like that aren't nearly as funny to me. I don't, but. I mean, Kevin Hart is hilarious, but I don't, I think Tom Segura is funnier than Kevin Hart. Hmm. That's an interesting one. I think yeah, I Ke- Kevin Hart's hilarious. I just found out that Kevin Hart has another special out now, but it's on Peacock. 
Oh, that sounds like a that sounds like a rich guy doesn't really care how it comes out. He's just gonna put it on some flashy streaming thing that only certain people can get. Come on, Kevin. <laughs> I I still love Kevin Hart. I, I love Kevin Hart. His I, think, I still I, think he's as funny as his uh when he came out with that pandemic special, I thought that was good. Yeah, the one in his house. And, yeah, it was, yeah, at his house he had his his PJs on and or, you know what I mean? That and I thought that was really good. It was. All right. Four, uh, four or five for me, for Tom. Four or five. Okay, good. Nice. I almost said four, six, and I changed it while I was talking. Went I, from four, six to four, seven. I went from four, four to four, five. There you go. We both went up one. Nice. That was great. He did, it was great. Yep. Which brings us to next week. Yes. Yes. yes so yes. you have, uh, I'm, you get to go first. Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. I'm really excited about your Mount Rushmore. It's going to be really fun. Because there are so many options in this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Yep. Yep. And it's going to be fun to to look up lists of them and say, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I forgot yep. about that guy. Yep. Wrestling managers. Wrestling, Wrestling managers. I mean, there's one to me that's like number one. Ooh. I, I, I think... There was a foundation okay. that wasn't that's even a, related to him. He just right. was lucky enough to have the last same last name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. He had the same last name and he had a megaphone. Yes, he did. He had a lot of stuff. Uh, man, there's so many. There are so, 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 so many. Uh, very, very excited for that. Um, I now need to come up with. Uh, a comedy special is nothing like usually I do this and something pops up right away, but it's still got Tom Segura up on the very top. So he's number one. He is definitely number one. Um, let's see. What if I click on Tom Segura and see what pops up underneath him? Oh, I feel like that's key. Yeah, I feel like that's key. And it's three more Tom Segura. Uh, specials youtube <laughs> is really good i mean everybody's even huge people are putting their stuff out on youtube yeah now. i know it and i don't know any okay so it, so so uh that means i gotta search something wow i gotta talk this out comedy special um, on whatever you're on there's yeah that it's 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 felt like there's been a special that of from somebody that I've that I know pretty well almost every other week for a while. It's, it's there's so many people that have come out with special lately. Yep. I don't I'm so bad at this. I should do this stuff way earlier. Um <laughs> that's okay. You'd think I would be ready. Cause usually something just pops right up. I'm trying oh, hold on a second. I know what we're doing. Okay. I know what we're doing. We talked about we talked about it. I'm going with Amy Schumer's emergency contact. Oh, we're going to go. I'm, I want Amy to come back into my life. I need a good Amy Schumer special. I need a good one. I feel like it's been about four since she had a good one. <laughs> well, she, uh, she's a mom now. Yep. I'm sure she's married and she's, she's a parent now. So we'll have a lot of sexual jokes still and uh, probably body, body jokes, probably. jokes about her body. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure she's got stuff. I, in fact, I know I've seen the trailer for it, so I, I'm I'm pretty sure I've heard her talk about her son or daughter. I forget which one she has. But what do you ever do? Like, I feel like I've I know so many people 
who have been pregnant, who have had kids, and you hear about it like early on. Oh, so and so's pregnant. Oh, oh, that's great. They're having a boy or a girl. And then get about it for a little bit, then they have it, and then it's a boy, and it's this person, and it's this name or whatever, and it's this many pounds and ounces. I don't know why they care about that. But and then two weeks goes by, and I'm like, well, I know six people with baby that just had babies. I can't remember who it was. I can't remember whether they have boys or girls. I can't remember any names. I feel like you're on the, I feel like you might be on the face tube a little too much. I feel like if you've got a lot of face tube buddies that there's a lot of face tube kids popping out and it's always on the old strolling down the, what's that thing called that on the, on the face tube that you scroll up, up and down on. And it, it just tells you what all the people, you know, have done. Just the timeline street. Uh, So I feel like when that happens that you're seeing, Hey, just had a kid, six pounds, nine ounces. Hey, 24 inches long. Hey, this, all that crazy stuff. I feel like uh, then, yeah, it would be very difficult. Me. I don't know anybody that's had any kids. Really? Yeah. I don't know anybody. Hmm. I'm getting old though. None of my friends have kids anymore. Isn't that weird? You get it. You get to an age that like everybody, you know, starts having kids. Everybody, you know, gets is getting married. Yeah. You go through that stage and then first you got to go to all the college graduations mm-hmm. of your buddies. And then you got to go to all of the weddings for all your friends. And then they all start having kids mm-hmm. and then I, stop having kids. <laughs> and then I don't know what happens after that. I feel like you just get it's old. just where we're at. We're just, yeah, we're just old now. And then you go to their kids. Graduation high school parties. graduations yeah. yeah 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 anyway all right there you go all right so we got amy schumer and we've got uh, emergency contact and we have the mount rushmore of managers in wrestling that's right it's gonna be so good yeah i can't wait oh, so good all right so until next week don't forget to turn your headlights on <laughs>